Welcome to the Thousand Greens podcast. I'm your host, Love Goel. Thousand Greens is the social network for members of private golf clubs seeking camaraderie through golf. Golf anywhere, friends everywhere. Listeners, this is officially our fifth interview, and I have to say I'm absolutely delighted with the engagement we've had so far. In just a couple of weeks, we'd have over 400 downloads of all of our episodes. If you're enjoying the content, please like, subscribe, and leave a review. Also, we'd love to hear from you directly. Shoot us an email if you have any questions or comments. We'd love your feedback and thoughts on how we can improve. Information's linked in the show notes below. And as always, if you're thinking about joining the network, direct your browser to thousandgreens.com and sign up today. Today, our guest is Chapin Durling. Chapin and his family have been longtime members of the Baltusrol Golf Club in Springfield, New Jersey. We talk about his early upbringing in the game, how he manages to play with four daughters, including a set of twins, and how he managed to build a great network of friends through Thousand Greens. Chapin is the consummate host and embodies the spirit of the membership of Thousand Greens. Welcome to the show, Chapin. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me, love. Chapin, tell us a little bit about yourself. So my name is Chapin Durling. I live in uh, Gladstone, New Jersey, but I belong to Baldwin Golf Club. I've got four daughters, um, ages twins that are ten, a seven-year-old and a two-year-old. So happily married and trying to get in golf if and when I can at all times. So I love the game and I've really enjoyed Thousand Green. So excited to be here talking about it today. Twin girls. I, we should uh, talk about that a little bit later as why well. I, I recently had twins myself. So uh, that's, it's been an adventure for the last 13 months. So um, sure. familiar well, with that. Yeah. So, so Chapin, tell us a little bit about uh, what you do and, and uh, get a sense for, for who you are and, and maybe why, why we're talking. So I, um, I, I sort of am an entrepreneur in that my, uh, I was in the reinsurance world for a while and my family has been in the dairy industry for a long time. And I recently left the reinsurance intermediary world to join my father in his dairy consulting business and have been working at that for the past two years or so along with a few other businesses that I've started, including um, some title insurance, which kind of parlays into uh, the reinsurance, my reinsurance background. And then I sit on a few boards. My time in the, in the reinsurance industry, um, I, my family has been, I've been very fortunate to belong to Baldashaw for, my grandparents uh, joined in the, in the late, mid to late seventies. My parents, my dad shortly thereafter, I, I finally joined, got off of their uh, tab about 2008. And um, they, so I've been a member at Baldashaw for quite a while, kind of grew up playing there. I really enjoyed it, it but it, it, it became more clear when I was in the reinsurance world that um, it was more fun to be out entertaining clients on the golf course than to be at my desk behind the laptop. So that's after college and in, in my early uh, working professional career uh, is when is when my um, interest in you know getting out of Baltimore a lot more became you know it became significant so um, really began to enjoy it at that time. Was Baltimore your introduction to golf as a as a kid? Yes, yes. I started in the junior program there, playing you know the junior clinics and and the three holers and the six holers. Um, I actually moved. My father uh, in the early 90s started a business in Warsaw, Poland. So we moved over to Warsaw, Poland in the early 90s, and there was a lot less golf there uh, at that time. There was one course at one point that I made an appearance at, but uh, did not play much well in Poland. 
Um, and then I came back to go to boarding school in Pennsylvania, began playing again, not very well. And then I went to Cornell University and played a little bit at the Robert Trent Jones uh, golf course at the Cornell, which Robert Trent Jones is an alum of Cornell. So uh, enjoyed that. And, and like I said, you know, after I started working in the reinsurance world, I, I started to play a lot more. So what's it like to play a round of golf with Chapin now? <laughs> I would say, you know, I, I certainly, I like to host people for sure. I'm all about the experience. I love having people to Baldestraw and sharing Baldestraw and it's, it's very tenured history and, and a lot of interesting things have happened to Baldestraw. And so should my wife allow, I would love to have any, any, all of you to Baldestraw. And typically I, you know, I, I try and give a, I have, you know, almost a story on every hole. For, for the history and the things that have happened at Baldestral. So, I, you know, I'll go through and explain um, what happened on the fourth hole, which is the signature hole in the lower. And, uh, you know, in 2005 when Tiger was playing or, you know, who made a hole in one that year in the PGA Championship. Uh, hopefully it's a fun experience. I, you know, I'm very relaxed. A, a $5 or 10, you know, $20 Nassau front back overall or something like that is fun. Maybe a beer or two on the golf course, but, uh, I, I love to give a tour after the after the round of our beautiful clubhouse, and so you know I always say my kind of running joke is I, I just last week you know gave up the idea or the plan to go pro, um, which is I just I, by the time I say that everyone knows I'm joking because clearly I was never going to go pro. I'm probably a 10 index, you know, broken 80 a bunch of times, but uh, I'm out there to have fun. It's about the experience, about the people I'm with. It's a very social thing and uh it's about making new friends and having new experiences and seeing new places and things hopefully it's fun for everyone when they come out with me well as far as i know there isn't a single uh single tg member who's playing on tv these days so we should all kind of understand that we're all there to have a good time right so so tell me so i'm getting a sense of of what it's like to play around with you but it, it you know there are certain personalities on the golf course right there's the there's the architecture guy there's the guy that likes to gamble do you feel like you fit into any of those sort of classic buckets of golfers or do you sort of span the gamut? Yeah, that's a good question. I, I mean, I see myself, if you ask my regular golf buddies, they might, they might bucket me in one of those, but I, I think I, I span the gamut. I should say uh, to some degree, I, I, you know, it's always fun to get a, a good match going and to, and to feel that competitive, you know, feel the competitive juices flow. I certainly enjoy the golf architecture. I wouldn't say I'm uh, a savant, you know, amazing at the golf architecture, but I love to see it and love to see different courses. And I love the experience. I love not just the golf course, like, you know, what's, what's the, uh, what are the, what's the staff like? What's the clubhouse like? What's the, you know, the pro shop like? And, and from, from A to Z, you know, starting and, and show, you know, arrival and showing up and playing and being there with the members, what's the, the vibe of the membership and, um, I, it's fun to kind of spend uh, four to six hours or so as a, a guest at a club and, and be welcomed. And it's, you, you find so many different experiences at so many different places, the different rules and the traditions and, and the history is it's fun to get to, to be there and experience different, different things throughout our country because and around, around, the, around the world, it's, it's all different everywhere you go and no one's right or wrong. But it's it's cool to see, you know, how we how we each approach the game and and uh, our traditions at our clubs. 
Uh, you mentioned your your ten index. Would you rather be entered in the long drive contest, or did you want, or do you want the six footer on eighteen to win the hole? Like, wh- which which uh, which ten handicap are you? Ooh, I feel like I'm getting old these days. Um, you know, I mentioned four kids that are young. They they've, uh, they tend to take it out of me a bit. So uh, I used to be the long drive guy. Uh, I'm quickly fading from that at, at 43 years old. I'm probably more likely now starting to to want the the, the six footer for the for victory. But I would say uh, I've I've been hitting my three wood off the tee a lot because I can hit it pretty far and my mid irons. You know I don't mind being 200 yards out, 180 yards out. Um, I can hit pretty long irons, so I, I can definitely get on greens and two. And so I'm probably not long drive though. I, I mean I, I hosted some pretty uh, incredible golfers at ball stroll over the years and geez some of these guys hit it when they hit it it, I, it hurts me you know my my back hurts when uh, when they swing so um i would say that uh uh probably more so lately the uh the the, the, the tenuous you know tricky uh pressure packed putt is is where i'd i'd, I'd want to be I've hosted uh, enough of the guys that play on TV to to know I'm never hitting it that far. So uh, I'm right there with you. Right. You you mentioned growing up at Baltusrol a little bit, um, and you know, sort of an aff- affinity for uh, for great golf courses. Uh, tell me your top four favorite golf courses. This is such a hard question. And Manish asked this question when I played it with him. He played this game, um, but I have such a hard time picking. It's it's. And I find it so much depends. I think I think this is my answer to him, and I gave a very political non-answer to him. But because I certainly don't want to offend anyone and and say you know things are overrated or or, or not, but um, so much of it is so much of your decision on that is is on how you played, who you're with, you know, the laughs you had or, or didn't have, or the frustrations you went through, or you know the, the putt you the short putt you missed, you know, uh, for the match or whatever. It's hard not to be biased and love your own course. I think that's that's true for a lot of people. Otherwise, why would they belong to their club? I would say I've been very fortunate to play, you know, courses like Pine Valley and uh, Somerset Hills and, and, and a lot of the Northeast courses, which there are so many of, um, national. Uh, those are great, great courses. Oh, there are too many um, good options. So many great courses. Yeah. There's too many good options. Too many good options. So many good courses. That's why it's my favorite question to ask, because everyone's inevitably uncomfortable. That that's a tough question. I'll give you I'll give you an easier question. What is tell us about the best shot you ever hit, or if you have a hole in one story, tell us that. Okay, this one's fairly easy. I do not have a hole in one. However, when I was you know a recent uh, you know recently a recent graduate, it was one Father's Day. I want to say it was two thousand five, and I was starting to play more golf, and I showed up for a Father's Day round of golf. Sunday morning after being out in New York City till, you know, God knows what time. And I show up, you know, as my parents are on the tee, I'm tucking in my shirt, uh, not a lot of sleep. But uh, I, uh, we were on the first hole of the upper course at Baltrall. And it's a, it's a short par five. They, they have the uh, driving range for a lot of the events on the first hole of the upper. And I hit a, a fine tee shot. I was in the fairway and I was kind of just, you know, I told my caddy, okay, it's in the fairway, let's go. And so I, I get to my ball, I'm 220 yards out. And I, I started talking to my caddy and he is 
the, the second shot of my of my round and he and I'm asking him questions like what do you think I should hit? I'm thinking five iron and I'm I'm a little still a little flustered. So I'm like, <clears throat> I'll hit the five iron. I bladed the five iron and uh I was like, okay, that's gonna be fine. It's it's up there, it'll it'll work out. We get up to the green, of course it's nowhere to be found. And I look in the hole and it's in the hole. So that was my double eagle or albatross story um, <clears throat> from Father's Day many years ago. You're one of the rare people I can ask this question to because you have an albatross. Okay. Would you rather have a hole in one than an albatross? <laughs> uh, that's, that is a tricky question. I think, you know, I would say I'd probably have rather have a hole in one. Uh, I had a, one of my best friends I was with down at um, in Pinehurst uh, a year ago in September, and we played, you know, a bunch of rounds all over the place, Old Town Club and Pinehurst, three or four courses at Pinehurst. And then uh, we played at Tobacco Road, played Dormy Club and Tobacco Road. We played our, our second to last hole of the entire trip. And we're all playing as a sixum because it was a slow round and he 130 something yards and right in the hole. And, you know, we all tackled him. It was, I was jealous. I was jealous. It's definitely, it was, it, we could see it. It was fun. You know, um, it was a little more exciting than the, than, than my albatross. All right, listeners, you heard it here first. Hole in one beats albatross. So if you have, uh, <laughs> you have a problem with that, give us a call, shoot yeah. us an email and we'll bring you on right. the pod so you can, so you can complain. You know, if you were king of golf for a day and there was a rule, something around etiquette, Something about the game that you would change, if anything, what would it be? So I've been thinking about this question a lot. It's one of those harder questions I think you've got, Love. Um, because as I said at some point, I kind of enjoy the different experience at different clubs, right? And I enjoy the different traditions. I enjoy, you know, the interpretation of the traditions and the rules and, and history. And you go to some of the best clubs in the world. And they don't have rules. I, I, there's a club in Florida that I play at occasionally. My my father belongs to where they basically say there's there's two rules. You let uh, you know faster groups play through and don't disrupt anyone else's round. And that's kind of it. And you can play as you know with as many people as possible in your group, whatever you want, music and everything else. And some people just don't care for that. And I get that too. I respect that. Um, and it's fun to play that well too, and focus on you know, that way too, and focus on your golf game and your match. I, I kind of agree with Manisha's answer on this from the earlier podcast. You know, moving a ball out of a divot, I think is a good one. I don't know if that's a, uh, if I just punted on that question or not, but I think that's, that's a, a reasonable one. I think, you know, Jack Nicholas talks about that. Yeah. Um, you know, you should be able to move your ball out of a divot. It's, 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 it's only fair. <clears throat> so. We've been getting that answer a lot. I, I probably need to revamp this question a little bit, but I think that, it's a safe the, answer. I feel like. the, the the overwhelming consensus has been removing balls from divots, but uh, we've gotten yeah. some interesting some interesting additional answers to that question as well. So yeah. um, I think I think you might see hear some in, in some of the other pods. So tell us about a time where you've had as much fun as you've ever had playing golf. I, I don't. I, I honestly, I don't think there is just one. To be honest, I, uh, I've been extremely fortunate to play all over the place, have really amazing experiences. I really don't have one one day or one time that was that stands out as being, you know, any better than all the others. I, I to me, it's the ones that are great are where 
I've, you know, we've had a really tight, close match where it comes down to the last hole or there's a big comeback story. And, and that happens, you know, one, two, three times a season. And it just feels, you feel you're like you're in your own little world and your own little group and you're, you know, you're, whether it's trash talking or, or, you know, you're pumping each other up and hitting great shots. And it's so fun to, to get into that scenario. And it ha- like I said, I think for me, I, I, I think I'd posted, obviously being in New Jersey, you've got a fairly short season. I posted 60 or so rounds this year. And, you know, like I said, probably happened three, four, five times this year. And uh, with, all, with good friends, it's, it's, there's nothing better than that, playing a really fun match. Uh, most recently, we went out, because the weather's been so, so mild here in New Jersey, we went out in mid-November, you know, right around the uh, week before Thanksgiving and had an epic match at Baldrall. In, in the wind and I made a, a, a pretty fantastic birdie on the uh, 15th hole to lower from 185 yards out with a five iron into the, into the wind uphill onto the green and, and sank the birdie putt to, uh, to kind of seal the deal. The week prior, the, the, these, the same two guys had, uh, had taken it to us. So um, it was a good, good revenge. So that's just the latest one. How did you initially hear about thousand greens? I'm not actually sure. I think I, I must have been, someone must have mentioned it to me. And I, I started uh, poking around on the internet one day and it was 2018. So um, it was like November, 2018. And I believe that means that thousand greens was roughly a year old. And um, I started to, you know, send it to a few of my buddies and say, check this out. This seems like a pretty cool concept. And then of course that, that famous or infamous uh, article came out golf club member or tea time, tea time for look, Tinder for tea times, how golf club members are using digital networks to partner up. Um, and then I, I, you know, I feel like that was, that was shortly after I, I had discovered it, that article came out. And um, I, I thought that article made, you know, Manish was actually interviewed in that article. I believe that was kind of my, you know, introduction. November was really obviously the end of my golf season when I kind of found thousand greens and then, um, sure. Later that year, I began to start using it a little bit and, and, and testing it out, and um, it's been great since the beginning. A lot of fun. And, and so, how do you interact with Thousand Greens now? Now I am. I try and host a lot, and I hosted a couple of, I think, uh, seven guests at Baldestral uh, this past July, and I, you know, I, I, some of my not making a whole lot of requests anymore, partly because I have four daughters and, and a wife that I'm trying to stay married to. Some of the people I've linked up with, I've made close relationships with, and I have home and homes, you know, throughout the year with them. And, you know, we kind of move off the grid or off the system where, you know, happy to host if and when I can. Baldestral is tricky in that we have two golf courses. This coming year, we've got the Women's PGA Championship will reduce our ability to play a little bit. And then also we ha- we're closing down our upper course for restoration. So I, I try to host and I try to get tee times in advance and then offer up. Um, I, it, you know, I don't, I, I will probably still make a couple of local requests uh, to play somewhere with some buddies if, if, you know, if I don't link up with those that I already know from Thousand Greens. But I really made a lot of fantastic friends on, th- on Thousand Greens. and. Um, you know, people that are, are just interested in I am as I am in, in playing locally and, and um, have the same mindset and interest and appreciation for the game and the history. Uh, so, you know, it's, it's an easy, uh, easy thing to do and fun and, you know, to have a good, good match. 
why specifically did you become a founder club member? I, I became a founder club member because I felt that it's such a great platform and it's given so much to me already um, in that I've had so many great experiences uh, when I travel and being able to, you know, uh, I was in Mexico last spring with my kids on spring break and managed to connect with an amazing group of guys from Colorado that were extremely welcoming in hosting me uh, in Mexico. But then they said, please come to Colorado and play our courses there. And, and you know, we're talking about linking up in Florida. And, uh, you know, I was just down in the Bahamas in October and the same thing. I mean, everyone is so warm and friendly. It's just given me so much. And I tried to give back as best as I could, again, with four daughters, a little bit trickier. But, uh, you know, I, 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 I believe in the platform. I think it's great. It's a great system and it's a great way um, to spread the game and the, and, and the experience of coming to a place like Baltrol and um, to share that and to also for me to meet, like I said, other like-minded golfers that appreciate an appreciation for the game and the history. So you mentioned uh, going down to Mexico and, and meeting up with some guys from Colorado and, and the Bahamas. What are some of the unique experiences that Thousand Greens has enabled for you that you would not have otherwise had? Yeah, that's a, that's a big, I mean, that's, that's a big part of it is, you know, some of these places you go and the Bahamas this past October was a, a uh, is a great example of that. You know, I went. I I contacted uh, the the hotel concierge, and actually, there were, I, we had used a travel agent. And I said, you know, how would I get on this course? It's actually it was actually the Albany course, um, where the Euro World Challenge is being held. They said, well, it's a uh, three thousand dollars around, and I I said, yeah, no chance. Uh, I'm not paying three thousand dollars for a round of golf where I'll probably lose, you know, six or ten balls because I've never played there before. I have no idea what I'm doing. I'm playing by myself and not another member. And uh, so I, I reached out on, on one of the Thousand Greens platforms and, and within uh, a day or so, maybe even less, I had been connected with someone that said, no problem, uh, uh, you're all set to go. The pro shop has your name and they're expecting you on, on this date and this time and uh, just stop in the pro shop. And it was like $150, $170 or something and uh, incredible experience. Um, things like that, you know, people are just so generous and, and willing to share and when they know that they're that you have an appreciation for the game and uh, and respect uh, for the game and the clubs and the, and the courses that, that we all belong to. Um, it, it's fun to share it. So I was a pre- very appreciative of that. Yeah, shout out to Albany. I had a wonderful experience there myself. It was a, a, an amazing facility, really, really nicely run. Uh, and what, an, what a great uh, resort design. It's still very challenging. Yeah. Incredibly playable, really, really fun. I I can't say enough good things about that place as well. What would you say to someone that's on the fence about joining Thousand Greens? First of all, it's a very low barrier to entry. You you know, you've got to be able to be interested in golf, which so many of us are, especially if you're listening to this podcast. But, you know, it's not, there's not a significant, uh, it's not very expensive. And the, what it can offer you is, is well worth the value in, in spades. And, and, you know, of course, it, it, you get in what you get out what you put in. So, you know, if you're not going to host and you're not going to, you know, if you're only going to take and you're not going to give, then your experience might not be so great. But if you have an appreciation for the game and for, for so many of the, you know, the great 
courses and the experiences, as I've said, uh, you know, around the country and around the world, then, then, you know, it's, it is a great, it's a, it's a great um, mechanism and, and uh, platform for, for that. But it's also, a, you know, you're meeting great people that are, again, like-minded and, and have a similar appreciation for the game, the history, um, the core values of the game are, are, you know, I think what brings a lot of us together, we share the belief that, you know, it's, it's a, a social game. All of us, most of us anyways, are, are not, you know, looking to break the course record every time we go out. We're looking to just have a fun time and, and a, a memorable experience. Chapin, thank you so much for your time. Sincerely appreciate your thoughts. Thank you very much, love. I appreciate it. Thank you.